Welcome back to Amiga Printer. My name is Jacqueline. I am the founder and host. This platform features women of color who are creatives and entrepreneurs. We focus on getting you to that next level and helping you transcend from that place of feeling stuck to taking action. A bit of a life and podcast update, if you will. I'm actually now going to be moving the podcast to twice a month versus once a week. The demand of weekly podcasting with the editing, calendaring, and interviewing can actually take a toll. So much so that I ended up launching my first episode in 2019, what, in the beginning of March? March, guys. (laughs) I've also launched my new business, The Virtual Collective. As I evolve as an individual, podcaster, and now businesswoman, I've recognized that in order to run a business I love, I have to marry the things that I enjoy doing with the skills and talents and gifts that life has given me. Having worked in lawn startup, I thought, what a perfect way to help women level up than the virtual collective. Along with podcast consulting, I will now be doing VA work, virtual assistant, and launch management. I want to help women get to their next level in business and in life. If you'd like to learn more, simply go to the link on my bio on Instagram at Amiga Printer. Now on to today's episode. Today we have Veronica Gonzalez, founder of Casa Mia Interior Design. She talks to us about dealing with depression and shame after a breakup and overwhelm that led her to get into some serious debt why it's important to be honest with yourself first and then vulnerable with your family and peers, and why she changed her outlook on seeing asking for help as a form of weakness, and of course, much more. As we begin the episode, Veronica shares with us a major life transition that changed her life. Um, I want to say I was 25. Um, I was living in Chicago, and at that time, I've realized that I was living this life of fraud and um, playing the part that I had it all together. I had was just, um, I was living with my ex at the time and I thought I had my finances together. I thought I had my life together. I thought I had the career that I wanted in my idea. um, I was doing everything that I thought was I that I was supposed to do and like pretend to be just based on like what parents told me, what society told me, what school told me. And I I was overweight at that time because I was obviously like very insecure. I was very insecure on, on so many levels from my skin to my body. Um, and, and my finances, I think it was like there was nights where I couldn't even sleep. I drove this car, like this really nice car, but my bank account didn't match my lifestyle. And um, I was living beyond my means. And one day it was one of those things that I just kind of like, I felt like it was God talking to me and I was talking to God and I was like, God, this is not the life that I was meant to be, to be living. Like it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this ugly. It shouldn't feel this way. And I took, I had to get really honest with myself. And that's when I was like, you know what, Veronica, you need to really get your shit together. Meaning, be honest, if you don't have your finances together, because I was in major debt on so many different levels, from school debt, from uh, medical debt, credit cards, all of that. 
And then I called my dad and I was like, hey, dad, I'm, I'm going to have to come back home. I want to start a whole different path of my career. I had gone to school for business management and merchandise marketing. And I, I called my dad and I had to be honest, like, hey, dad, I need to come back home. I want to change my career. I want to start life kind of like all over again. Um, and he's like, Miha, well, you know, they are always welcome here. And I was dealing with my own shame of like, what are they going to say about me? Like having to move back home. Like I already had left off to college and had started this life. And I was like, what are people in my community or the people that I went to high school with? Like over oh, on, like I came back, like she's a failure. Like those were all the things that I was dealing with personally in my head. And I, I don't, I didn't know what depression was because I never, we never talked about that in, in my household, like, oh, you're depressed or you're dealing with things. So I just felt like, like, oh, it's something that I'm just dealing with. So I have to kind of just put up with these emotions, these feelings, these thoughts, um, and find a, find a way to deal with it. And I never was able to express my feelings to anyone besides friends. And even when I would express myself like, hey, I'm going through this, like I was still very shy. Like I didn't know how to ask for help. And I think that's something I, I'm still working on, like learning to ask for help. Because if we ask for help, I mean, in, it's an idea like that we're weak. Decided to come back home and I decided to go back to school and, and do interior design go back to school for interior design and slowly but surely like I was paying off my debt and I started feeling like okay I'm crawling out of this hole like I can do this I can do this and then I just kind of been really aware and really honest with myself when it comes to those things but I feel like I kind of took from 25 to 28 like it was like upward slope and now that I turned 29, I kind of feel like I kind of went back to the same thing that I was going going through when I was 25, only because I'm at this part in my life, like I really feel like I'm in this, on this transition again. I'm not changing my career, but there's a lot of things around me that I am changing. And more importantly, internally, I think we don't take the time to identify like, if I'm feeling this way, where is this coming from? Or if I'm thinking this way, if I'm going through this, what does this mean? I don't think we really take the time to self-reflect. And from October to November, I was in a retreat for an entire month and a half. And this past November, and it really, really, really got me to connect with Veronica and like who Veronica is. And I was able to identify how many programmings, and I call them programmings because we, we grow up hearing things from our parents. So then we become our parents in a sense, like we think we're not acting like them, but because it's so deep in our subconscious, we unconsciously act like them sometimes too. For example, this whole like not being able to communicate my emotions, like that really came from my mom, like seeing her to seeing her that she was a very strong woman and I never saw her cry I thought I, I had to be that way like oh I have to hold in my emotions and I cannot cry and I have to just like deal with it like that idea and obviously that idea is not the health that is not a healthy idea that's not a healthy way to handle things because internally like I'm only making I'm only breaking myself even more um, for not being honest with that emotion and, and acknowledging that emotion 
And so now I really practice being present with those emotions. Like, and it's okay. It's not okay to stay in that emotion, but it's okay to acknowledge that emotion. So I feel like I'm definitely in that transition in my life again. And I, I'm, I almost, I've never felt this peace before. I'm not in a rush to prove anything to anyone before. I lived my life like, oh, I need to have this by this time. I had check marks, you know, I had these, I had to fill in these boxes. Like I need to be living in this house, be driving this car, be making this much money. And because we're so programmed by our society to like, oh, you need to be like accomplishing these things and you need to be a go-getter, you need to be a hustler, you need to be doing this, 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 this. And we think that we need to be running our lives that way. But in reality, we need to be running our, our lives the way that we want and what is it that we really want and what do we want out of life and how do we want to feel while we're actually here living life um those have been the questions and the way that i've decided to run life now and that's the that's the transition that i've been in <laughs> i hope that that um that wasn't like a lot of sharing so i hope that was no that your question <laughs> that was actually perfect so before we started i told you like a little bit about um why i started the podcast and why i spoke about transition and why i think that we don't speak enough about that place from feeling stuck right to taking action and getting motivated and we certainly don't talk about that in between stage because there's three stages to transition the first stage is actually the end and that's the ending of something right? When you know this life mm -hmm. for you, but you don't know exactly what's next. And the second stage is when you're in the in-between where, where I call it's kind of like the dark place, the place that we mourn our old identity of who we used to be. And that's mm -hmm. in the middle because you really can't go back, but you don't know how to go forward because you don't know what forward is yet. So mm -hmm. you are very stuck, but when I say stuck, it's just really you starting to do the work to get to know who you are now, not mm -hmm. who you were in that title or, or what you did because society said you need to do it, right? It's like, um, it's a nice and, and beautiful thing if you look at it because now you're focusing on you and getting to know Veronica, right? Mm -hmm. More in love with you because you're doing more self-discovery, you're learning what you really want, what you want out of life, and you're asking these questions that you never really asked of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Still, because we do live in this society, because we, you know, we do need to make money and make a living and have some kind of place to go, I guess, and we still have the pressures of family and, and people around us, it's right. kind of like a balance where you show up for yourself, but you also know that there are people that are concerned about you, right? So there are people that are wondering if you are okay. And mm -hmm. I know being in that place, I've kind of had to take a stand on me and not feel that I'm anyone's obligation or anyone's reason that I need to be okay for you, right? It's right. for me not to be okay, and it's okay that I need to say that to you. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to figure it out. Um, I really also another thing that I learned about transition was that when when you're in it and when you're trying to to figure everything out, it is a time for you to do a lot of self reflection, but it also a time for you to look at because we all have different transitions in our lives and how we deal with it. 
And we, when we're hit with transition, we kind of start repeating the same pattern. So it looks like for you, you have now decided to acknowledge one well, of the first, you know, when I was 25, I went through a transition. And now this time around, I want to know what I want. I'm going to acknowledge that maybe I am sad. I'm going to acknowledge my feelings. And now I'm going to move forward. And so this year I decided to get, you know, to talk to the women that I have on a lot more about getting in touch with their desires and getting in touch with that inner child. Because Mm -hmm. I do interview, I notice they're very in touch with what they want. They own it. And they're also very in touch with their inner child. So I love you say that the inner child. Um, because we do, I, I've realized that I lost that part of me where I was so rigid, like, oh, I have, to, I have to speak this way. I have to look this way. I have to, um, present myself this way. And I have to be this, 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 this. And in that being all of this other exterior things, you lose yourself, you forget who you are. And, you know, sometimes like just saying a joke when you're in a group of friends or just being silly or just being yourself and like not caring what anyone's going to think that's being your inner child. Because if you look at a child, look how he, like how they're walking around in the world. They're, they don't care. They're like, they're still like exploring. They're like grabbing things. They're touching things and they're being funny and they're jumping and they're just free. They're just being, and they're enjoying life. And I think that's where we get lost. Um, as we're growing up and I know that I'm getting in touch with that inner child right now. Like I'm actually doing things that make Veronica happy. Like, um, and this is something that was so hard for me to just be like, I want to, and this is going to sound so cheesy. Like I want to watch an old, like, you know, Disney movie that I used to enjoy, like nightmare before Christmas when I was a child and I'm just going to like sit down and watch it and eat popcorn and get in touch with that. And it was so hard for me to do back then. I, I judged myself like, no, Veronica, you need to be doing something work related right now. You can be relaxing. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing that. Like I was so hard on myself. And I'm to this day, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty hard on myself on, um, on other things just cause I'm always been the type of person that I like to improve that I want to be better, but it's, um, it's also something that, that I'm working on. <laughs> so talk about how you're going to do things or how do you feel that you've learned from that your last transition, but how you're going to do things now moving forward when you talk about your wants. Like talk about like how do you plan to get in touch with those desires and mm-hmm. move forward? Mm-hmm. So recently, I um, so writing my goals for 2019, um, I had to ask myself, where is this um, desire coming from? Is it coming from a place of ego? Meaning, does it want to satisfy the this idea of Veronica, like she just wants to get this? Or is it to make, is it making an impact in my life? Is it helping my family? Is it making things better for me? Is it making things better for my future? So that's where um, those desires when I'm, I'm actually, when I wrote down my goals, I had to come from a place of honesty. If yeah, being realistic, like, okay, well, if I want to make $200,000, 
why is it that I want to make $200,000? Then I had to answer, okay, well, I want to buy three properties. Why do I want to buy three properties? And then that came down to having that residual income, creating that residual income for my future and not having to, you know, to be able to give myself that freedom, that time to continue to explore who Veronica is, which means traveling, taking my mom and dad out to eat, taking my siblings on trips, um, getting my facials, um, getting my hair done, getting my nails done, enjoying the simple pleasures of life without any restrictions Mm. and giving myself the opportunity to also grow as a woman and going and being able to pay for these events that I like to and meet other women. um, That's where, that's how I, kind of asked and kind of tapped into how am I going to do things different? And if I'm desiring this thing, where is it coming from? Is it coming from ego or is it coming from a true honest desire that is going to be for a healthier, fruitful lifestyle? So what I got from you, and it's funny because when you were speaking in the beginning, you talked so um, eloquently about being honest with yourself even like before you talked about your desire you talked about being honest about what was going on okay what is going on here I have to be honest about the debt that I'm in I have to be honest that I've been living someone else's life and because of that I am now in debt and I have to be honest that I have to go home and how do I feel about that and then you took it to now like okay now I'm in a better place it sounds like it's healthier and I want to be honest about why I want that I want and then that got broken down right until Mm -hmm. but I love the part that you said at the end of the day like it's not so much the money it's what the money and the properties will give me and that's actually comes back to what it sounds like it's getting to know Veronica and that inner child part that we were talking about and Mm -hmm. discovering like wanting to get your hairs and your nails done and that's okay and getting facials and giving yourself that time so that you do get to know each, get to know yourself better. What right. do you do when you, do you still have those pressures of why well, I need to get a regular job or did you like lose that? You were fine with that a long time ago. If you're not meeting, say your financial goals to go and get something that you don't even like doing. And then what is it that you do? Like, what is it that Veronica does when she hits blocks? Like, how do you work through those blocks that maybe mm-hmm. send you back to the old you. Mm-hmm. I love that question um, because of when I, six, seven, I want to say like, yeah, 10 months ago, when I was in that transition, I was exiting a five-year relationship and we lived together for five years and we were living in downtown LA. And as you know, it's not cheap to live in downtown LA. And he left and I got left with all the financial responsibilities and i at that time i was still fairly new to la i'm an interior designer and i have my own interior design business and so moving to la was a big risk to begin with and i was like no i got this i got this and obviously knowing that he can take care of some of the expenses and i can take care of other ones in the beginning of the year i was like okay i got this like i'll be fine we'll be fine like um we'll make it work but once I decided like this relationship is not moving forward um, and I had to make a honest decision too. And, and it was so scary because I was holding on to him because of the financial aspect. I was holding on to him. I was like, 
God, but then what am I going to do? How am I going to figure it out? And then at that point, I, I, I sat down with my mentor and she's like, Veronica, you're going to have to go get a job. And that's what I was fighting so hard. She's like, would you rather be happy, you know, with yourself, knowing that you made an honest decision and then having to work rather than holding on to this relationship just because it's helping you, but you're still not happy. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. And I had to get honest with myself again and take this job. And I had so much shame taking this job and I had so much, not, not fear, but shame because I'm like, oh, my failure, I've messed up. I, I, I messed up as a business owner. Like I didn't, I couldn't do this, but at the, at the same time, I had to be gentle with myself and say like, Veronica, you're leaving a five-year relationship. There's no way anyone in this world can run a business and be going through this, like be honest with yourself. And I was like, okay, and I'd be more gentle. Um, so I took a full-time job and, um, and I was honest with them too. I was like, Hey, listen, um, I'm exiting this relationship and I have all this time in my hands, so I'm willing to work. And so there was another thing I was avoiding at that time. I was avoiding the emotions of the breakup. So what I ended up doing, I was overworking myself. I was work, going in from work from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. so that I can come home and be exhausted and just eat and go to sleep and do it all over again because I was avoiding um, the breakup, that heartbreak. And like, you know, it was, it, was, um, it was crazy how I ended up substituting something to avoid those emotions. So then I, then I didn't realize I was doing it towards towards the end of like the sixth month. And I told myself, okay, Veronica, I'm only going to give myself six months to be here. And then I'm going to um, figure out what what's going to be my next step. And so um, in that transition of the six months, I was there. And luckily I ended up landing a commercial project, which was what was, was going to keep me busy for like the rest of the end of the year from October to the end of the year. So I'm like, Oh my God, this is perfect. So I can actually exit this job. I was starting to feel better about, um, the breakup because I did start going to group classes and like therapy. And that's where I was able to notice what I was doing, how was I, how I was substituting work to avoid my emotions. <clears throat> so I always suggest to seek help. Um, when you are going through those blogs, when you are going through those things, um, if it's not a therapist, it's someone that you really trust that, you know, that there's no judgment on any level, whether it might be a friend, might be someone in your family, a counselor, whoever, you definitely have to have that support group. We as human beings, to begin with, our brain is so complicated. Even if I say, oh, you know, I got this, I got this, it's not true. It really is not true. So seeking help is my way of when I know that I come to these blocks, I always um, find a way to get help. So that's my suggestion, finding someone or seeking out help that you trust, that you truly, truly trust. And, and it's funny because by, I would have friends that would reach out to me and it almost felt like God sent them to me like as angels. And you're just like, why is it? the person reaching out to me I haven't talked to them in forever and they and they would just say hey I'm just checking in to see how you're how you're doing and I would just break down crying I'm like 
I'm really going through this. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you so much for calling or thank you so much for texting. Even if it was a stranger, to be honest, like someone at Starbucks or someone at the line, like we would just end up having beautiful conversations and don't take away those opportunities when they do show up uh, or at least don't shut them down because um, God in the universe works in beautiful ways in those moments in life too. It looks like you, again, everything that keeps coming up with you for me that I notice is about getting honest with yourself and acknowledging what's going on. And I definitely understand about using work not to deal with it. When my daughter headed off to college, I was working like 12 hour days and I knew what I was doing <laughs> at that time, but it was, I think it was just something that I needed because I knew if I went into that, I probably wouldn't be able to like get it together I guess quote-unquote get it together um mm -hmm. definitely having me needing to go and get into like group therapy right and and going to to therapy and starting to talk about and realizing that sometimes we do become our identity you know we do become very accustomed to our partner to our children to our job and once we lose that we don't know how to deal with that loss because mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're losing ourselves and I think that's like the biggest challenge of losing who we are when we're not with this person or we're not with this job or whatever it is. And um, so transitioning over to like talking about what you are doing today. And I know that you do um, have a design business, but you also do it online. Can you talk a little bit about how that all kind of came together for you? Yes. So the online part came about right before um, I was deciding to go through the breakup. It was one of those um, things my mentor, she's like, hey, you can offer this online design where you can help people design. You can send them a Zoom link and give them like a one bedroom, $300, like flat rate, something like that. And you help them, you guide them and you charge them you give their you give them two hours of your time you give them a design you email them and and i was like that's genius like if i can book this many clients by this time i'll be good so i started doing that and that was like moving forward and it was good um but again my my energy was my energy was not aligned to really be speaking to clients to be dealing with people um and that's when i decided to and that's when I decided to take um, that that job. Now, um, after the whole transition and after my 21-day retreat, um, I'm so much more on a better place internally, energetically, mentally, and spiritually in my five dimensions. So I think um, I, I've mentioned this before in other interviews, but um, we're run by, we're pretty much made up of five dimensions. Our financial our physical, our spiritual, our social, and our mental. So that's pretty much what makes us. So if one of those areas in your life are not balanced, then we're, you know, that's when we start like freaking out and start like figuring, that's when we're like, what's going on in the life? And that's when you start, I feel like that's when you start really going into that transition stage. Um, but I started um, design when I was 26. I started interior design and then um, now that I've really tapped into um, the more me I've explored and I've realized like 
when I give myself that time to be Veronica, like more creativity and more energy, I get like, I get all this creativity and energy and excitement for life that gives me that energy to put it into my business. So I, one suggestion that I would give anyone who is starting a business is running a business right now to really take the time to be with you, uh, whether it's hiking, going to the beach, doing something that really gives you that authentic energy. Cause then that energy, you can then transfer that happiness into your business because if you're just constantly pushing through and pushing through it's just like this constant battle and it's not um productive it's not creative it's just not in a it's not a happy place um so now being in this whole like alignment and happiness and joy i'm not saying this is like all the time but this is how i feel i want to say like 70 percent of the time now um it's, I, I, I have so much creativity and excitement. Like I've been like, mom, I want to help you with your business. And like, I want to like do this. And I, even myself, like I'm now expanding my services on interior designers. So first I was like just interior design residential. Now I'm like tapping into commercials. Like mm-hmm. what Veronica has always wanted to do is design boutique hotels. Like when I first, when I first, first started interior design, that was like my ultimate inspiration, but somewhere along the line, it got lost. Mm. And now I like, I feel like I'm coming back to that. And I'm like, no, boutique hotels is going to be like the goal for this year to be able to design a boutique hotel. Like that is my ultimate um, goal for 2019 to design boutique hotels. And I'm kind of like playing with my parents' house right now (laughs) where I'm like going to redesign it and get it up on Airbnb. That's like another service that I'm going to start offering as well. Like um, designing for Airbnb rentals. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at as far as like my business. (laughs) And so talk to us about being a new business. So as, as someone who, who's starting a new business and just starting out, right, we have this thing about getting clients out to those clients that we really want to work with. And how, you know, in a financial like state, like just like you said, how do you, in a sense, structure that so that you are bringing in the money so that you're not too worried? Did you have, I know you talked about having like a regular gig and then when you felt like you were emotionally, mentally, you went back to mm-hmm. business. Um, but how does someone go out and retain clients and also make it financially possible? Mm-hmm. The business is sustainable. Um, what really helped me was events, network, not networking events, but just events that I like, um, where I go and meet other women and, um, like Latina groups. So when I would go, I'm like, Hey, I'm a designer. Like, and it would just kind of happen naturally. Like, Hey, I'm a designer. And they were like, Oh my God, I totally need help with my house right now. And it's kind of like that. And then at that point, Speaking, like, like listening to them, like, what is it that they really need? And what's the value that you're going to bring to them? So, um, and they were like, but I, I could never afford, they would tell me, like, I would never be able to afford an interior designer. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just running this special program where I'm only charging a $300 flat rate fee. And I get to design a, a bedroom, a living room, um, whatever services that you might be offering. Mm-hmm. So having those options for your future clients, like kind of setting up that idea of like, okay, like I'm going to have my ultimate, like exclusive high paying client. And then there's like the lower paying client. 
And so your lower paying client always kind of empowers you to your higher paying client. Mm -hmm. So once you start kind of getting in that rhythm and that groove of talking to them, negotiating, um, then you, you build that confidence to then when you actually have that high end paying client, you're just like, Oh, I got this. Like, this feels good. This feels natural. It doesn't feel like, like that imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to charge. Like start small. Don't go and like start thinking like, Oh, I'm going to land. Like, yes, of course we want to think positive and we're going to land a big client. Absolutely. But it's in that little growth and it's okay to start small and grow into like, you know, into a higher paying client. So that for me, like even when I started doing interior design um, and actually like remodels, like I started with just bathrooms and I was offering a lot of free work too. Like I was um, um, going to businesses and saying like, hey, I'll design this like um, little office space for free or like something really cheap just to build up, number one, my confidence, to build up my portfolio. Um, and yes, that's where the hunger and the hustle comes in because um, that's going to exist. And that's when, as time, with, with, um, with all the smaller paying clients, you build yourself up to the higher paying clients. And then you kind of create a system because then you kind of see how to charge, how you talk, how to negotiate. And, um, and number one, like that builds up your confidence because then you're ready, you're ready to answer all those questions when a client comes and it's like, well, how about this? And how about that? And you're like, you know what? I already went through this with the smaller paying clients. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is my, um, those are my tips. I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. You can find me on Instagram at conquer underscore in heels. And you can also find me at casa mia dot designs. That's also on Instagram. And for my website, it's www.casamiadesignstudio.com. And right now I'm actually rebranding both of them, both of my interior design and my conquering in heels. Conquering in heels was definitely something I started um, like four years ago when I was like into the Latina and the empowering, like, and it's funny cause I'm like, everyone's on the like Latina bandwagon <laughs> now. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's great. Cause we needed that to people to shine that light on us. And like, I was the one like really pushing when I was like starting this conquering heels, but yeah, that's where you can find me and I'm rebranding. So, so stay tuned for that. Oh, nice. And because you do home decor and design and all of that, what would you say is maybe like one of your tips for someone to get like inspiration for either the room that will also help them with self-care? Mm, I love it. <clears throat> Make your bedroom your Zen area. Make your bedroom your place of peace and quiet and tranquility. So a diffuser uh, oil diffuser, number one, is like the best thing I can suggest to anyone. Candles and white linen. Those mm -hmm. are like the top three things I can suggest to anyone. Um, white linens, because it's like a very clean, crisp feel. Like when you're walking into a spa, how do you feel? It's very always, you see that it's white, that it's clean, and it smells good. So, and you, you smell those like incense or those 
oil diffusers at the spa, same thing in a bedroom. Put that it, put a diffuser next to your nightstand, and then have um, and candles. So if you if you don't have like a a light switch where it dims, that's why I suggest candles because then you can just turn on your candles, turn on your diffuser, get your bed ready, and like that's like your place where you can go in, relax, journal meditate and go to sleep and so that's one of the things i highly suggest because that that's one of the things that i practice um and that i suggest everyone to do <laughs> and then your final advice about something that you would say to a dear friend or a woman that may be going through something and is in that in-between place that we talked about where things seem a little dark a little bleak like what would you what would you say to her? I would say that what you're going through right now is it's not your reality. And I think that's um I think one of the things that helped me the most is that when you go from a broken place, the beautiful thing is that you get to be reborn. And when you're reborn, you get to choose who you want to be reborn as. So that for me is like the best thing because you get to choose how you want to be. Like if you're broken, you're shattered and you're, you feel like the ugliest thing in the world internally, okay, accept that you're broken and that it's okay. But then when you choose to be reborn, like the cocoon analogy of the butterfly, you get to choose how you want to re be reborn. And so being okay with that and then, and trust that everything, everything that you're going through is for, your, for a higher purpose. <laughs>